said it once and I'll say it again. That song gets me every time. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> it's like no matter. Well, I said it, well, I said it before. Same. It's on repeat. But but you're listening to a new episode of Old Sinners New Saints. No matter what kind of mood I'm in, it gets me totally prepped and just kind of in a thankful, upbeat mood, like for the show. So I'm that's really, a good. That's what we want. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. How are you doing this week? Oh, I'm doing well. Still full from Thanksgiving, yeah, how, even though that was a while ago. Out of all things we <laughs> talked about in the <laughs> in the pre-prep for the show, well, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was good. So the sweet potato casserole is always my favorite. Oh. So I had lots of that. And the staple, like I'm not a big turkey fan, but, you know, once a year I can... I can put down some turkey. Yeah. So <laughs> I love fun. I love the progression of the turkey. So I, next year I'm going to try something a little bit more advanced, but I brine mine for 24 hours, then, oh, oven, yeah. then oven roast it. Ooh. But I love the fresh turkey right out the oven. Uh-huh. And then I love next day reheating it like in an air fryer turkey sandwich. Oh, yeah. And then that third or fourth day making the turkey soup like oh, I yeah. like. Wow, you're using all the turkey. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, nothing, nothing went to waste uh, this year for like the four Thanksgiving and the four days after. Um, when I was intermittent fasting, I was like, like the kids were laughing so hard because I'd come home and my plate would just be loaded. I'll send you a picture of it, but it was just yeah, loaded. Got to eat all that food in <laughs> your time window. <laughs> <laughs> my justification was the um, cha-ching, the, the price tag. Oh, I was yeah. like, well, I paid for all this. <laughs> I'm going to eat it, right? Eat it all. I have a feeling that's what a lot of fathers do. <laughs> that's that's I am responsible for at least... Um, my dad never really yo-yoed in his life. He was like a tennis player, and he loved running marathons. Oh, yeah. Specifically, um, I don't even know if I ever said this correctly, but it was a, a running thing in San Francisco called Bay to Breakers, I think it was called. Okay. I was I was just threw it together, Bay to Breakers, and people knew what I did. Yeah, yeah. But I would, if I wanted something and I didn't like it as a kid, and as a spoiled kid, I wouldn't eat it. So if he's like, hey, I got you this new hot dog, this new whatever, right? I'd taste it. Nah, I don't like it. He would finish his and finish mine. So I'm pretty sure throughout his, (laughs) as being my father, I think I made him yo-yo at least 30 pounds up and down, (laughs) like give or take in between him running and all this stuff. So I was... (laughs) Much respect for anyone that can run a marathon. Those are crazy. It's, I think I I walked in... It was definitely the 90s. I think I might have been in fifth grade or sixth grade. We didn't run it. I walked it. And oh, yeah. from the block one, I was just like, when is this over? <laughs> when is this over? This is not. Because I remember every year he'd come home and they take the final picture as you cross the finish line. Right. So he would like raise up his hands and says, smile, they're taking your picture. Right. So yeah, we'd always yeah. have this plaque over his number. And I'd always grew up seeing that. And, you know, sons idolize their fathers. And I'm like, hey, I want that one day. So he's like, well you're old enough come walk it with me i think i crawled across the finish line i wasn't in the picture i was like i this is not not for me god did not build me to be a runner let's just say that oh man yeah running is tough it's it's easily and uh i believe his name is no that i was getting confused with the actor the actor that i love is walton goggins but that's not the motivational speaker okay but he's the guy who's the runner Uh and he his motto was basically he's like if you hate doing it just you got to do it right discipline right yeah, so he's yeah. like if you don't like running like you know get out there running and every time he motivates me and i'm out there on the trail i walk because i'm like <laughs> i must really not like running so. <laughs> it's not fun and like to me it's not enjoyable yeah. like it's just like i mean if i'm gonna be 
exercising, I'd like to do something I enjoy, like yes, playing yeah. basketball or, you know, just something you can still get a good workout. You don't have to yeah, that's suffer by yourself. That's you know? why I'm, I'm very <laughs> careful now learning my <laughs> lessons through my increase in faith. Thank you through you again and the, and the church. Grace of Sacramento, but I am very careful what I pray for now. Sometimes <laughs> I pray loosely. One thing I never pray to God for is to make me a better runner because I already because I already know what that kind of training is going to title, and I'm just oh, like I'm not. Yeah. No, thank you. No, not going to do it. So, but Thanksgiving went well with the family and kids. Yes, good Thanksgiving. Mine as well, and um, mine was a blessing this year. I was supposed to. So, <clears throat> I have no filter here, so I <laughs> I will say it, but I was. I didn't say anything to my family. The kids were supposed to be the way the schedule worked out. We're supposed to be with their mother. Yeah. I was supposed to get them for Christmas this year. So I was like, perfect. The, um, the parents, they were supposed to go to Oregon to spend it with the rest of the family. And I didn't say anything. And my eyes started glistening a little more. And I just had this dream. I'm <laughs> like, look, I finally get peace. I have a house to myself. No one asking anything of me. And the biggest part of the dream was prepping the turkey the night before cooking it like dancing all around listen to music on full blast the way i like it that i never really get to do right yeah yeah maybe even because i use um oh well, it's a different thing but i i don't drink but i'll use beer for my drippings you know in the bottom of the pan, oh, yeah. people use water uh -huh. I'll, i usually use beer in a specific type and if with the gravy afterwards it has like a very unique taste i like it yeah so i was like maybe i'll even take a couple sips of beer as i'm running around the house but the biggest part was sitting in the recliner chair with the whole Costco pumpkin pie to myself. <laughs> like I wasn't even going to take it out of the box and I would just open it up, take that film off. Right. It's like seven ninety nine, empty the can of whipped cream, have a fork, recline, watch football and just eat it. And as, as I, was, I was telling this around UPS, that would was, be your day. It, yeah. No, it was, it was called the pumpkin pie dream. Right. <laughs> so that's, so people were dying laughing and I was purposely not saying it to anyone. I'm yeah. like, because I know, with, with my luck and, and, and how God, as soon as I say it, it's going to go, it's going to kibosh, right? As soon as someone asked me what I was doing for Thanksgiving and I explained exactly what I explained to you, I had that, that hair on the back of my neck stood up and I was like, it's over. Later that, that, that later that day, got a text from the kid's mom. Hey, would you like the kids for Thanksgiving? Awesome. Blessing, right? And then I was like, they'll still, let, they'll judge me, but they'll still let me let me like live out my <laughs> pumpkin pie dream. And then so I said it again. I was like, ah, you know, a cat's out the bag. I said it to another employee, the other hair on the back of my neck stood up. And I was like, something's going to happen. You know, other family members were like, you know, we're not going out of town. Can we get together at your house? Hang out. And I was like, that's it. Pumpkin <laughs> pie dreams out. But with one blessing out, another door opened, as they say, and got to have a really nice Thanksgiving with the parents, one of their friends, uh, Margo and the nice. kids as well it was a, it was i couldn't have planned it better myself so that was an awesome awesome time well you can always lock yourself in your room <laughs> with your pumpkin pie <laughs> no judgment here <laughs> <laughs> it's just i just remember those like those nights like uh in college and i won't say how recently thereafter but it's like when you wake up and you see like rappers from Taco Bell. And, it, and to me, it was almost like a murder scene. Like you wake up and it's just like, wait, what did you do? And then like my um, I think I mentioned before, my cousin and I were notorious of like waking up the next day after hanging out. And we would look at our DoorDash bill when COVID when oh, it was in its prime. Yeah, yeah. There was I won't even say this one on there because I'm so ashamed of it. But we looked at our DoorDash bill 
and she was like chris like she came screaming like down <laughs> down the stairs and she's like do you know how much we ordered in DoorDash yesterday on my on my iPhone? I'm like, no. And she spat at a number and we were laughing hysterically. And I was like, well, you might as well add another hundred bucks for that, because <laughs> apparently we ate through all your food and then we ordered from mine. We, it was. Yeah, that was DoorDash is is kind of tricky. Like you think, oh, I'm just going to get a little something from there. And then it like doubles your price once you get it DoorDash. Yeah, so. it's. Good business for them. Yeah, yeah so. good business. Everybody likes convenience. <laughs> and that would be awesome if you could have, turning it back to the show, it, we'd have to come up with a better name, but like a Prey Dash. So you can pay like seven ninety nine, <laughs> and if you're within a specific zone, you and I will show up and just pray for you. <laughs> just like, did you order a prayer? Don't worry, we're not coming to your door. <laughs> Don't worry. It's like, did you order a prayer? Yes, I did. <laughs> All right, here you go. So that'll be, you know, ten. What about free Bible teaching? There we go. Old sinners do saints anytime. <laughs> Just like DoorDash, except without the waffle fries or whatever you like. <laughs> so we, <laughs> I always love our shameless plug. So <laughs> one thing we were going to talk about in the spirit of the holidays was, and specifically Jesus' birthday was, uh. Christmas presents. You want to talk about lists for the kids? Oh, so my daughter, she is into Squishmallows. So what is that? They're like stuffed animals, but kind of like pillows. Okay. Oh, yes, uh, yes. So she has that. Some of them are like the size of a coffee cup, and then we have one that's like the size of the Titanic in Whoa. her bedroom. <laughs> so uh, they they come in all kinds of sizes, but that's that's her big thing. My oldest, my oldest is like a tween now, so you know, like. He's kind of too cool for toys, but secretly kind of still likes toys, you know, that, yeah. that stage. So he wants electronics. Um, that's kind of more his thing now. Um, and then my middle son is Nerf guns. He's oh, all, right. about, all about the Nerf guns. How about you guys? Um, so far, I was going to say I'm a horrible parent on the show because <laughs> I don't know. But I can only guess because over here to the left, uh, there was they're writing out their Christmas list. Um but I know that they talked about Emmanuel specifically. It went, I don't think it's on the list anymore, but Mortal Kombat came out with a new video game called MK1. Oh, okay. And it actually looks, the graphics and everything, beautifully designed. Like, it's it's so gorgeous to look at, except when they do fatalities. <laughs> However, the theme of this one is they went way back in time. So it's like, instead of looking like modern armor, they okay. look way more, um, and I don't even know the time periods, but like if there's a, Japanese samurai character they're they're from that era so oh, it's okay. not modern looking stuff and it looks like the clothing design uh the, the fight seat like um the backdrops they're they're just uh they're not modern and it just it looks gorgeous so from there I think on the list he wanted one of the new call of duties oh so yeah. he, okay <laughs> so he's been all over that because they just released a new one but more importantly what went up his list was Madden because oh. I'm trying to get him to at least the kids to at least watch football, yeah, and spend some time with me, thirty <laughs> minutes here or there, and he keeps asking all these questions. So I try to explain it the best, and then the light bulb clicked. I was like, oh, I didn't have like a teacher to teach me all these plays and routes and, right. and the specifics of the game. Right, right. How did I learn Sega Genesis? <laughs> I learned by playing like video games, right? So I was like, oh, you know, we'll get an extra controller. We'll get Madden. We'll play against each other, and I'm gonna have the best time whooping on him when he first starts because <laughs> he won't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as he gets, you know, there'll be that even matchup. And yeah. And as soon as he gets better than me, I'll quit. 
and then that's all I have to do. Like I never have to play. Retire on yeah, top. Yeah, retire. Yeah, re- there we go. I like that word better. Retire on top. So right when I feel that coming, I'll retire on top. But yeah, I think he was really excited about that because we get to do it together, like a little activity. That's cool. Um, and the daughter wanted. Um, there was many things. I think there was plush medals on the list, but there's a new game for Nintendo called Mario Wonder. Okay. And I was looking forward to this one so much when someone at work, uh, him and his kids were getting it, got re- released in October. Nice. But it looks, it um, it's based or the foundation is off of the 16-8-bit Nintendo that we grew up with. Yeah, so the yeah. Mario left to right. Yeah. However, the modern version and the, the best way <clears throat> and pretty much the only way to describe it is they redesigned it or the designers were on hallucinogenics. <laughs> so... It looks, some of it looks so amazing that it looks creepy, but the tunnels, you know, the green tunnels. Yeah. So as Mario's running up to it, you'll, I don't, I don't know the specifics of it, but they'll start to shrink and move or they'll move. Like you can't, they're not just straight. Oh. Like uh, little cute or pixelated bars. Like they'll, they'll move throughout the screen. Wow. And these things will kind of warp. And there's this one thing instead of like a mushroom, you can turn into an elephant and then you just start, it's, (laughs) it's when you watch the trailer, I'm just like. Okay, that sounds like fun. It it looks really cool. So that is definitely on the list and some other things as well. So we shall see. That's cool. Now, here's the question. What's on your list? huh? Oh, my goodness. So (laughs) I already got the best uh, gift of all was new listeners on Old Sinners New Saints. Saints, So I love that. But the best gift, honestly, that I keep looking at was the Bible that you gifted me. Like, I really love that thing because... We'll have to write it down and promote it on the show when we do our um, the episode on things we're watching and listening to. Oh, yeah, to. yeah. So, But the thing that I love about it, especially as someone who's trying to read the Bible with fresh eyes and ears, is every time I have a question, or if I'm reading it, especially with the kids, yeah, and they have a question, I just look down at what the person cliff noted it before and they're like hey this is kind of like what proverbs meant like because right now we're going through proverbs as well nice and i'm like that is an instant google yeah right below so that is the reason i love that the most other than that uh probably just um what i'm really looking forward to it's not even a present but since um i've been going to church for almost one every sunday for a whole year nice which it's the biggest streak of my life so i love that but since I get the kids for this Christmas, we get to actually celebrate what it's actually mm. about. Yes. And above cool. above me, the kids are more excited about it. So instead of that's why I don't really know about their Christmas list. Yeah. Is because my daughter will run around and she's like, X amount of days till baby Jesus was born. I'm just oh, like that's cool. Yeah. But it was it's that's it's so foreign cool. to hear around here. So, yeah. so it catches me off guard and Emmanuel's in on it as well. But I'm really excited to just um, finally be in a spot around a church, around you, around people that actually celebrate instead of the consumerization, which is fun, right? Yeah, because yeah. we live in the world. But the to really get the knowledge and soak it in of what it's all about. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I love to hear that. But if I had to choose one material thing, I think it would be probably like a full wardrobe. Like I've a pieced full be- wardrobe. But, but okay. Because like, well, just like. A new shirt, a new pair of pants, a new pair of shoes at the same time. Oh, so I be- see. Because like, like a new outfit. No, okay. yeah. Because like you know, as a father, the kids come first, right? Yeah. So it's like we're last on the list as soon as that situation happens. So it's like if I need a new pair of shoes through UPS, my shirt will have holes in it, my pants will start <laughs> to rip, but my yeah, shoes yeah. will be nice, and then I just kind of cycle through 
as needed for the past year. So yeah, yeah, just something like that. And I'm piecing away at it and pulling things out of storage that I haven't worn in a while. And Emmanuel's like, "Oh, you got a new shirt? Actually, this was from 2017. Just never fit in it. Now it's on. So nice. <laughs> it's things like that. This so. is vintage, son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, what about from yourself? five years ago? Yeah, from five years ago. I mean, I don't know what I could say since you said you wanted you love your Bible. Like, yeah, what, can, what can I say? I mean, I don't want to say something materialistic now. And well, you know, <laughs> but but the truth of it was because remember you didn't you didn't give up on me, which was the awesome thing. You brought me the Book of John. I wasn't quite getting it. You got me one Bible. I wasn't quite getting it, and then boom, third time's a charm. This one was the one that spoke like. What, however it was laid out, however it was written, did the trick. And I was like, I can't get enough of it. So that was awesome. So my Christmas list this year is kind of boring. I need a new battery for my laptop. So <laughs> that's on my list. And uh, books that I wanted and I don't know, whatever else is on my Amazon list. I just kind of keep a running tally. I put a little uh, crossbow on there, it's like right. a $25, $30 crossbow. I like, that'd be cool. So... <laughs> I don't Wait, know. We'll see. That, <laughs> like an actual like Daryl Dixon from The Walking like cross, but like it's, it's like one that's like you know like the um small like maybe I don't know ten twelve inches. So it doesn't. Oops, it doesn't have the one that goes on your shoulder. It's just no, a handheld no. one. It's just like a yeah. Okay. Okay. Thing. That'd be fun. Sometimes uh, around Christmas time, I like to get a Lego set just to kind of have something to do with the family, and I do enjoy Legos. So. Any specific, just anyone? Oh, they're all so expensive, so yeah. I'm just like, whatever. I, I <laughs> One day I had the daydream of building the Millennium Falcon, because I love the Millennium yeah. Falcon when that yeah. came, we released last year. They'll probably release it again for Christmas. But there's so many pieces to it. Oh, yeah. And now I have no time, or at least no time for Legos. I'm like, yeah. what am I <laughs> Well, sets like that are like 500 bucks, and I'm like, <laughs> I like them, but I build it one time, and then it sits there. Taking up space until I take it apart. And then I'm like, oh, I have a $300 Lego set sitting in my closet, you know, like. <laughs> well, this goes off of a joke that I tell that uh, that I tell to myself or I daydream to myself back to reality situation. So the other reason I don't invest besides everything else that you mentioned in the Millennium Falcon is because every time I, I've had it, this is a true story, I've had it in my cart at Target at least two times. Really? Like I was wow. going to purchase it. Yeah. But then at some point, I just start laughing hysterically and people look at me like I'm crazy, like <laughs> in the aisles because I'm laughing just to myself. But I yeah. picture building it and I'm like halfway through, three quarters of the way through and I have this smile of like inspiration on my face and my yeah. son just walks by and he's like... I can now see why you're still single, right? Like, <laughs> like, so, so taking that daydream joke to reality, we were at a wedding on Sunday at our church, beautiful wedding. Shout, shout out to Chris and Simone. Congratulations. So there was this group of women around uh, my age and they asked, I was with the kids and we got our cupcakes and we tried, they were, they were delicious cupcakes there. I don't know where they're from. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Amadis had a double chocolate fudge. Emmanuel had an Oreo and I had a strawberry one. And so um, one of the women, she asked, she goes, hey, can you take a picture of us with this nice, big, old, beautiful smile? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I took a couple pictures, a couple different poses, handed it back, walked back to my kids at the standing table that was, you know, five, ten feet away, whatever it was. And Emmanuel goes, that one that asked you to take a picture was really pretty. Like, why didn't you talk to her? <laughs> Without missing a beat, I looked at him. I was like, man, can't you see I'm enjoying my cupcake? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like the kids, someone from church like started laughing because they were in range of me. They were, they were <laughs> laughing hysterically. So at that point, you know, maybe my priorities aren't exactly priorities, them. guys. They're priorities. Yeah. Take a lesson from Chris. <laughs> when it comes between girls and cupcakes, you know what to choose. Cupcake that's, every time. That's that's the that's the next T-shirt. Uh, Gerald Dubois and the Holy Holy Holies, and then and then something about between girls and cupcakes. Choose cupcakes. Old sinners, new saints. So cupcakes over chicks. <laughs> so today's topic, getting back on point. What do we have for the listeners today? So we're continuing our series on godliness and like the, the distinguishing feature of a person that may um, sticks out is in their godliness. Well, that's a funny phrase, sticks yeah. out in their godliness. <laughs> Take that to the bank. Um, so anyway, we're talking about Moses. Moses and the distinguishing characteristic of his life is meekness. And so how meekness played a role in his in his godliness. The production value is really on par with <laughs> your life here, folks. So can you talk a little bit? So just give us a general organization of what... Moses did, and besides his meekness, is why. What was his claim to fame in the Bible? Because all I can think about him was I picture like, good or bad, probably bad. I just picture Charlton Heston. Oh yeah, with the uh, you know on the cover of the movie with yeah the, yeah the Ten, Ten Commandments. Commandments. Yeah. It used to come on every Easter. I would watch that thing every Easter. So I liked that movie as a kid. But yeah, so Moses is uh, an Israelite. Several hundred years, 400 years or so after they come down from Canaan into Egypt. They're all slaves in Egypt, and uh, there's, an, there's an edict from Pharaoh because he's getting a little worried about the size of the Israelites that all the baby boys that are born to the Israelites should be killed. Uh, so um, that goes into place, and Moses' mom has a baby. They see it's a boy. Um, but she hides him in a basket in in the river, and um, by God's providence, he is discovered by the princess of Egypt, and she says, I'm going to take this baby, name him Moses, because he's drawn out of the water, and I'm going to raise him as my own son. So Moses's mom takes care of Moses until he is uh, able to go to the... Um, go to the palace on and eat by himself there. And so then he's raised to be a daughter, um, a son of Pharaoh um, with all the, you know, privileges that go there with. I mean, basically Egypt was one of the, if not the most powerful nation at that time. So if you think about you go from being a slave's son to a prince of Egypt, it's like, man, you're, you've got it all, all the luxury, all the privilege, so he was he was in a really good spot. But in that spot, he identified with God's people over himself. And the Bible says that he um, he reckoned the 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 peop- being being with God's people better than the the treasures of Egypt. So um, he kind of I think had this complex as a kid, a young man, that he was going to kind of storm in and make everything right. So um, you know he tries to resolve a fight between an Egyptian and an Israelite and ends up killing the Egyptian. Oh. Um, and uh, because of that, he has to flee into the desert. So from the time he's, uh, 
he spends 40 years out in the wilderness, um, raises a family out there. Um, and at the end of that time, we have the burning bush experience where he meets with God. God tells him, hey, you're going to be my instrument to go back to Pharaoh and get my people out of Egypt. Now's the right time for deliverance, not the Moses that was before, but, but you, this Moses, the Moses who's been on the backside of the wilderness that's had some humility, you're going to go back. And Moses says, I, I can't do this. I, I can't speak. But God uh, works through that, brings him back, and Moses leads the people of Israel all the way to uh, the border of the promised land, gives them the law. And even as you look into the New Testament, um, as far as the people of Israel go, Moses was um, revered beyond just about any other man, um, even thousands of years later. So extremely, extremely influential uh, person in the in the arc of biblical history. This is a crazy story. So it like, is. I, I'm floored. So it's an amazing one, story. One thing, and then a question or a comment, and then a question. So you did say, um, well, the question would be going from when he murdered the person and then he had to flee into the wilderness for 40 years. Would you say that he was humbled? Was that like a humbling experience to just have to leave everything he... I think it is. It's reading in the between the lines a, a little bit. Um, but I do think there was some part of Moses that felt like when he was a prince of Egypt that he could be a mediator between the Egyptians and the um, Israelites and he was going to make that happen. It seems like you know that's why he's trying to resolve this conflict between them and i'm sure he felt a con conflict in himself you know yeah. here you see every day um you know if if like if you go back to i don't it's not an exact comparison but if it was like 1840 in the US yeah. and a black kid was adopted by the president but every day he sees the slaves uh he would have this angst of i am in a powerful position but I see my people suffering in a terrible way. Um, so I think Moses was there. Maybe he thought that um, God would use him right then to take care of that, but God knew for whatever reason that he needed that time shepherding sheep in the wilderness um, yeah, for his father-in-law for 40 years to get ready for that. And I do think a lot of that was learning how to literally shepherd learning how to um, be humble or raise a family and just do the right thing day in and day out before he was at a position where God could really use him at the high level of um, leading a nation of over a million people. Like you said, the key word was humility, and that was my kind of comment or when you were telling that beautiful story, thank you, Lord, for <laughs> giving this in the Bible, was that is where I'm personally torn sometimes is this ping pong place as I would like to put it or pinball place between my problems and issues the issues of the world and how that relates to the Bible and for example like if I'm complaining about a daily or something in a situation in my life and it's not I got past the oh what was me but that's where sometimes it feels like it's like I have uh -huh. this issue and then I look out into the world and people are experiencing way, way more difficult times, yeah. arguably. Yeah. And it humbles me. And then all of a sudden I hear, well, in this case, 
read something like this and listen to a story about that. And I just can't help but give thanks to where sometimes with a smile on my face to where it's like, hey, you could have God, you could have treated me the same way. Right. Like I could be out. You could have issued me somewhere way out far, far away to learn <laughs> yeah. my lesson. Right. Like uh-huh. away from everyone and then come back X amount of years later. But through your grace, you chose to teach me these lessons this way yeah. around Ben, around family, yeah. around UPS and things going on through there. And my emotions, I feel, get ping pong all over the place between, you know, neutral, uh, angry, humble, like just all over the place. And it's, yeah. I mean, we're human. We experience emotions. Right. But that's what I've been feeling for at least the past like five to six weeks is this is this pull tug back and forth between, you know, just emotionally, like where am I supposed to be and kind of getting my head on straight. Right. And for me, the answer or one of them is not only praying about it, but reading in the Bible because it, it reassures. Good choice, yeah. It re- well, thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot better than things I used to. But it just reassures that, that story, that through line of just trust, right? Like yeah. no matter what's going on, like you shouldn't have to be worried. The accuser wants us worried and confused again, right? right? But right. God wants us calm. Yeah. To be still, right? And and trust. And it's I wish every time that that light bulb goes off, that I wish I could say, oh, that that light bulb will stay on forever. Right. But sometimes, depending on the situation of life, it may dim within six weeks, and you'll see me running around happy, humble, hugging people, <laughs> loving life. Sometimes uh-huh. it won't even last 24 hours. Right. I'll be humbled, read the Bible, that light bulb will go off. Okay, I will trust you, Jesus. I will trust you, God. I will, like, you know, just live that way. Less than 24 hours later, it gets dim. I'm in my own head doing whatever. And then it's like, oh, yeah, like, I have to remember that again. Yeah. No, that's the Christian life. Uh, you know, we're <laughs> like, we're in spiritual warfare and, you know, like the flesh and the world and the devil, they don't want us to think right, live right, be right, so uh, do right. So we're constantly, um, you know, fighting those battles. And I do think over time we can change our thinking as we continually, you know, God does say to renew your mind, which means that it is possible to have your mind moved in, in the right direction, but there's always always stuff that we're going to struggle with but i think recognizing the struggle and um you know just knowing that god sees our struggle and will reward our good our our good deeds and our efforts to please him that's why we have stories like moses in the bible like the new testament says that everything that happened in in the bible in the past was written for our instruction so like we can look at guys like moses and see how he uh achieved and how he failed and and learn from these stories about you know what we should be doing now all right so uh one of the things on list was that made him a godly man was that he obeyed god can you talk a little bit about that yeah it's pretty um it's amazing when you think about where moses started from um here he was prince of egypt now he's a shepherd in the wilderness god comes to him and says hey i want you to go back to egypt And I want you to tell Pharaoh, you know, I want you to let the slaves go. And so you just imagine that kind of task. You're going to go to one of the most powerful people in the world and say, hey, give me all your slave labor. 
you know, what are the chances that that's going to go over well? Um, and not very, not very good. But even though Moses complained about it and um, and hemmed and hawed, God eliminated his excuses and he did obey. He went and he did what God said. And I think that um, that characterized Moses' life. Uh, not that he never failed. He failed in some major ways. But consistently, he just said yes to God. And I think that is part of meekness is um, being a, a devout dependency on God. God told him to go, and he went. God told him to lead the people. God told him to go to the Red Sea, stretch your staff out over the sea, and watch it part. I mean, like, who would in their right mind do that? It just doesn't make any sense from a, from a, a physical perspective. But Moses continually just said yes to God, and he, he was very, very close to God, receiving the law. Whatever God said to him, he would say to the people, no matter how hard it was. Um, and so I, I just think he, he really exhibited that meekness in his just obedience to whatever God told him to do. See, God told Moses to go to the Red Sea, and he told me on that wedding day to eat that cup. So <laughs> Glad you were obedient <laughs> to the voice of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, second one on the list is he. this one. This one, when we were going through the pre-production notes, was a huge one, so I'd love for you to talk about this. Allowed God to fight for him. Yeah, so I think this is good for all of us um, when we when we think about our um, devout dependence on God or or the the aspect of meekness that Moses is commended for. Um, God says that vengeance is mine; I will repay. Um, so it's not our job as believers to right every wrong that happens against us. And um, if you've ever led anything from you know a family to a business. You know that being a leader just automatically puts a bullseye on you. Um, and so Moses, many times his authority would be challenged uh, by you know, his own sister, um, a challenge his authority. Uh, the people, the leaders of Israel would challenge his authority. They would say, you know, why do you have the right to hear from God? Why can't we? Or, or whatever it was. And in all these instances... Moses doesn't come at them with this, how dare you speak against me? Don't you know who I am? It's he allows God to respond. And God does. I mean, God comes down and says, hey, you guys, you think you want to challenge my servant Moses? Then here's what it's going to be. And, um, you know, I know God doesn't do that for us today. You know, like if somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're mad, <laughs> God doesn't like blow their tires and, you know, <laughs> spin them out all over the highway. But um, we know that in the end, God will make that right. Um, God loves us as his children, and he will right the wrongs that need to be taken care of. Um, so just having that dependence on God to, to fight our battles for us um, when we don't have the strength to fight them or the ability uh, is, is really, really encouraging and comforting. It is. Ex those are the key words that you took right out of my mouth, encouraging and comforting, because as we talked before the show, the personal situations and trials and tribulations that I'm going with through um, key family members right now, that was one of the things that I forgot to mention was exactly this was the reminder that, you know, 
if this is God's will, it it's going to happen no matter what, no matter if I'm angry, sad, however, which way I want it to go. It doesn't matter. Right. My will. Right. That's not what the Bible says. Hey, it's Chris's will <laughs> that'll happen. Right. It's his. And the other is just like this, just like Moses. I have to just kind of step aside and allow him to fight those battles for me. Yeah. And, you know, for whatever, I, however long or like, you know, like my favorite quote, it, it's in his timing. I I learned that in my book. I learned that lesson a little too late. But in his book, I learned it right on time because I used to choose all my battles. Yeah. Like with my parents, any situation I would choose every battle with the kid's mother, every battle. There wasn't anything from serious topics of finances, um, whatever it may be, to what type of milk we're getting. Like I chose every battle. And then over 10 years later, I think it's been like 17 years later now that I'm finally stepping aside and realizing to that's that's his right. I, yeah. I can't control yeah. what they do how they act that's none of my business that's out of my control finally accept that step two is revenge is not mine to take like right. it's not no matter how yeah loud i scream no matter how many words i say that it's not going to change pretty much anything about them it will it will change it'll change negative right. they'll see me as more negative right. right i won't have any progression yeah and like you know, even the world gets this in movies. Like you see these revenge movies yeah. and oftentimes the result is that they're not happy in the end yeah. with the revenge that they exact. Like, and so the, the revenge that we as human beings can enact on people doesn't make us happy. And it, it usually ends up hurting even worse. So yeah. like, you know, just imagine something crazy, like somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're like, I'm not going to let you get away with that. So I just decide that I'm going to tap this guy's bumper and spin him out. And so then, wow, this guy's in the hospital and, um, you know, he's suffering, his family's suffering because he can't work. And like, do you really feel better about anything at that moment? Well, of course not. So you know, um, just as, but yeah, so God's, God's timing for, for, uh, vengeance may not be, um, ours or in the way we choose, but it'll be the perfect, the perfect way. Perfectly said. And, uh, can you close us out with a good prayer, my friend? Yes, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you for this discussion today about, uh, meekness and, uh, which is just dependence on you, even when we are in positions of power. Thank you that you gave us the example of Moses to um, instruct us in this key virtue, a part of being godly. Help uh, Chris and I as men to be meek in our dependence on you. And I pray for our listeners that they would strive through the power of your spirit to exhibit this dependence on you and grow in their love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again, Ben.